0: Alright, hello everybody, welcome, welcome to everyone on social media, and we realize we have several folks that can't be with us, uh, but you're with us on, uh, on Facebook, so welcome. And hey, we've been conducting a series uh, titled Jesus Healing Crusade, and uh, I've often wondered what it would be like to be... In Jesus' healing meetings, and of course, we can't go back 2,000 years and and be there, but we have the Holy Bible, and we can go into the Bible and and follow Jesus as He healed individuals and as He healed multitudes. And of course, we've been using Acts 10.38 for our main scripture, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with Him. And you all should have that memorized by now, I would think. We we read it every week. Uh, but, of course, remember the Heavenly Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Remember Jesus, though He was 100% God, He didn't operate in His ministry as God. He operated as, as, operated as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. And uh, and with power, that word power is the Greek word dunamis. We get our word English word dynamite. It's it's spiritual dynamite. And uh, so the heavenly Father anointed uh, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with spiritual dynamite power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And uh, I, I you know I have a verse here, John five nineteen. I wanted you to look at. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've emphasized Jesus' humanity. You know, he, he was deity, of course, but he, but he was also humanity. 100% God, 100% man. But in the earth, of course, he operated as a man. That's why he needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit and power. But notice in John five nineteen, Jesus said himself, "...most assuredly I say to you, the Son," talking about himself, "...can do nothing of himself." but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Father does, the Son also does in like manner. So there's just another backup scripture, a backup verse for you to to show you that, see, Jesus in his humanity here couldn't do anything without his Father, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Do you you understand that? And so uh, you need to realize that about Jesus. And then, of course, You know, I've brought out to you in Luke's gospel account, uh, Luke 6, 17, just good to review. It says, you know, as you read on into that verse, you see that the people came to Jesus to hear and to be healed. Notice they didn't just come to be healed, they came to hear. And again and again, Jesus would note that it was their faith that, that, you remember, he'd say it's your faith that's made you whole. Well, of course it was their faith, all right, but it, it their faith tapped the healing power of God. And that's why it's so important to hear the word of God because you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the people would come, they would hear Jesus preach and teach, okay? And their faith would be built and then uh, and then they would be able that their faith would then reach out and tap the power of God and then they'd be healed. Okay and then of course the, that that verse goes on in Luke 6:19 says that power went out from him healed them all see it was that spiritual dynamite that went out from him that healed people but but people had to hear the word of God get their faith built and then their faith would would reach out and tap that healing power of the Lord and remember And uh, and look at Matthew 4, verse 23. We're just reviewing here just a little bit. Jesus went about all Galilee. Notice what he went about doing. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So you need to realize, and we could say it this way, two-thirds of Jesus' ministry was was verbal, was verbal, was preaching, teaching. Like I've told you before, a lot of people want to come just to get the healing, but they don't want to sit and tolerate the the teaching and the preaching. But if you don't tolerate the teaching and the preaching, and I don't mean just tolerate it, if you don't... If you don't uh, come with a with an open heart to hear the word of God and hang on every word and be attentive and just, you know, you're going to listen as long as Jesus is going to be preaching, you know, and uh, you just hang on every word that he says and, and you're there for the teaching, for the preaching. Then, then your faith is built, the healing power of God flows and, and people are healed. So teaching, preaching and healing was his ministry and two thirds of it was verbal. And, of course, he healed all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease among the people. Verse 24, his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him. See, Jesus' ministry wouldn't have been what it was if people hadn't have been bringing the sick to him. Okay, And remember, one way you can see how much faith you have is to see if you are bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you going out in your everyday life telling people about Jesus? Are you bringing? Are you inviting people to church? Are you bringing people to church? Are you? You understand what I'm saying? You know. Now I know in this COVID atmosphere, it's 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 more challenging to be bringing people to church. You understand? But but nonetheless, you know, we ought to still be telling people about Jesus. We ought to be inviting them to church. Hey, you know, Pastor Terry's teaching on the healing power of God. Come, you know. I mean, my goodness, what a better subject you could be on than healing right in the middle of a of a worldwide pandemic. Is that right? And so uh but but you can tell how much faith you have just by looking at, at how you're telling people about Jesus during the week. You understand that? And folks that aren't telling people about Jesus, folks that aren't 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 uh, uh, doing that, uh they don't have very much faith, if any, at all. You need to understand that. You need to understand that. We all need to, need to understand that about ourselves, okay? And so people would bring, bring the sick to the Lord Jesus Christ. They brought, remember, they brought, they brought. One thing you see in Jesus' ministry is the they broughters. They brought, they brought, they brought to Him people that were sick, okay? You see that. And uh, and then you see him talking about the faith of the people. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Those are probably two of the biggest things you see. They brought, they brought, they brought, and your faith has made you well. Okay? Uh, and then in verse 25, I think this is interesting because we need to be able to see this in, 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 in our mind. Uh, the atmosphere when Jesus would go about, the Bible says, Great multitudes followed him. Great multitudes followed him. Now he didn't always have multitudes. Sometimes, you know, he he'd ministered just to, 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 to you know maybe one here, one there, or, or, or that sort of thing. But you, you do need to realize that for the most part of his his ministry, for the most part of his ministry, great multitudes followed him. You need to realize that. Put yourself in that kind of a of, of an atmosphere with Jesus. Great multitudes followed him. And I, I tried to find out how many people are in a multitude and you just can't do it. There's no one set number. But I did find this, that that uh, uh, some Jewish traditions say that a multitude is approximately 10,000 people. 10,000 people. You know, because see, a lot of times you think about the ministry of Jesus. You think, well, maybe he had 10 people following, following him here, or 100 people here, 200 people there. And there were times when, as I study the Word of God, you know, that He ministered to smaller numbers of people. But for the most part, as I study it, as I study it you know, He had great multitudes following Him. It was hard for Jesus to move about a lot of times because of the, the mass multitudes. And you think about it, if, if a multitude is 10,000 people, what would great multitudes be? You know, you know 30, 40, 50, 60, 100,000 people? I mean, when he fed the multitudes, what was it? Five, six thousand people? Four, five, six thousand people? Is that right? So, so you can kind of think in those terms that, that it was hard for him to move about. So it, it gives you a better uh, way to see the woman with the issue of blood. She was, remember, she was trying to get through the crowd to Jesus, and there were multitudes thronging him, you know? It's thousands and multiplied thousands, tens of thousands of people. It better lets you see what she had to do to get through that crowd to him. Great multitudes would follow him. And, uh, uh, oh, I did want to show you this too. Go to Luke, the fourth chapter, and the 18th verse. Just some, some review here and then some new things. Uh, you know, Jesus, we said that two-thirds of his ministry was uh, was teaching and preaching. And, and I wanted to show you uh, something that that from my study, apparently he preached this or he said this, I think I think he said this quite often as he would go into new places and and begin to to preach and teach in those you know new places and whatnot places where they hadn't heard him preach before. I mean, we have his teaching and his preaching. We have you know the Sermon on the Mount. We we have these things, these wonderful the parables and all of that. But I just just as I've meditated on this over the years, I, I think that as Jesus would go into to a new area. Or he hadn't preached before. This is just my my opinion, uh, but we see he read this in Nazareth. But but I think he did this uh, quite often. Remember how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed through the devil, for God was with him. Notice what what he said here in Luke four eighteen: the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, we saw that. When did that happen? It happened at his water baptism, didn't it? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has, what, anointed me. See, He was anointed at His water baptism, wasn't He? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Now notice here, He's anointed me. Did it say He's anointed me to heal? What's the first thing? He's anointed me to what? Preach. preach. See, they came, they came what? He anointed to preach. They, they came first to what? Hear and then be? Heal. See, so he's anointed me to preach. See, a lot of times we think about the anointing and we think about healing right away. Well, certainly that's true. You need the anointing for the healing power of God to be uh, in manifestation. Certainly uh, the anointing is a healing power of God. But a lot of times we don't think about the anointing to preach. Are you know, the anointing to teach. You need to realize there's an anointing. Uh, uh, and you can see it a lot of times on ministers when an anointing comes on them to teach. Or anointing comes on them to preach. And so uh, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now notice this. To proclaim. That's verbal, isn't it? To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. See, Jesus went about healing all those who were who what? Oppressed of the devil see so and then verse 19 to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord so you see what happened at his water baptism when God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power the Heavenly Father anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power Uh, he he went about as he I'm convinced of it as he went into new regions new places where they'd never heard him before he I believe he started off with this the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So in there, you see what happened at his water baptism. He, you know, you see him telling people that the Father anointed him to preach, you know, to teach and to heal. You have it all right there in that, in that verse. And, uh, I've learned this over the years when people Uh, believe that a minister is anointed in the area of, of healing, they'll come to that minister for that healing power. You know it as well as I do. There are certain ministers in the land. Now let's just, let's just do an example right here. Let's say Billy Graham, one of the greatest ministers that has ever lived. Would you go to his ministry, uh, for, for the healing power of God or would you go to hear the gospel of salvation? The gospel of salvation. But now let's talk about like somebody like Oral Roberts. Okay. Now, would you go to his ministry uh, for the, the gospel of salvation? Or would you go more primarily for the healing power of God? The healing power of God, if you know who or- Oral Roberts was, see? Now, now, he is certainly, certainly Oral Roberts preached salvation, all right, but he was known for the healing power of God, see? So when people know that a minister is anointed in a certain area, uh, you know, then, then, then that'll tend to draw those people, see? So you'd see far more physically sick people showing up at an Oral Roberts meeting than you would at a Billy Graham meeting, you see? You understand what I'm talking about? So that's why I think Jesus did this, to tell the people, that he was anointed by the Father with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Now, with that, I thought that was interesting. I wanted to get that across to you. Uh, now, now uh, I also uh, felt impressed to the Spirit of God. We covered last week, remember that paralytic who had his four friends? Remember, bring him and they tore the roof off and lowered him down. Remember that? And we talked about that, that last week, but I, but you know, there's so much in all these stories. It's hard, it's hard to get it all in in one session. Sometimes you, you I get to going so quick and sometimes I might skip over something. And, I, and then the, during the week, the Lord said, now you need to go back and cover that. So he, I think he what, I believe he wanted me to go back and say some a little bit more about this. Remember, Jesus was teaching in that house, remember? And the Bible says that the scribes and the Pharisees and the the teachers uh, uh, of the law or the doctors of the law, they had come out to hear Jesus, okay? They'd come out to hear him along with other people. And remember, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Remember we read that? And the implication is that the power of the Lord was present to heal everybody that was there. Yet we only see the paralytic man that was lowered by his four friends through the roof in front of Jesus. We see that he was the only one in that crowd that we have record of that got anything. But yet everybody could have been healed there that needed healing. Everybody could have been healed. Would you agree with me on that? Certainly. But yet we only have record that that one man got anything. And I wanted to point out to you notice here in Mark 2, verse 6. Mark 2, verse 6. Notice here as Jesus. Was, was ministering to this paralytic. Remember he said, son, thy sins are forgiven thee. Remember that? And, and, and remember? Now, now watch this. It's interesting. Notice verse 6 here, Mark 2, 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Now they didn't say a word. They just reasoned in their hearts see if you, if you if you read this real quick, you might think well they were they're getting ready to say something here. they never said a word, they were reasoning in their hearts, and here's what they were reasoning verse seven, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Well, what did Jesus just tell that paralytic son, your sins are what? forgiven now these scribes, Pharisees, doctors of the law, they didn't say a word, but they were they were pondering they were reasoning things in their heart they weren't saying a word but here's what they was going here's what was going on in their heart why does this man speak blasphemies like this you know why is jesus speaking blasphemies who can forgive sins but god alone that's interesting immediately when jesus perceived in his spirit didn't say he heard it with his natural ears he what perceived it in His spirit, because they weren't speaking it with their mouth, they were reasoning in their hearts, and He perceived in His spirit that, that they reasoned thus within themselves, and He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Now, Jesus didn't hear this with their physical, with His physical ears. Uh, they were, because they weren't saying anything, these these scribes, Pharisees, and so forth. They were reasoning in their hearts. Jesus picked it up in his spirit through what would be called a word of knowledge. But he picked it up, and I said all that to say this. It's interesting, we don't have record that any of those scribes or Pharisees received anything from the Lord. The power of God was present to heal, but because of what was going on in their hearts, they weren't able to receive anything. Right. Friends, we have to be very watchful about our hearts. Well, I never said it with my mouth, but what's going on in your heart? Right. So important. So important. I know I've been in any, any number of, of services over the many, many, many years... And uh, just as the Spirit of God would will as I'm up here teaching, you know, there's been times where, I mean, you can just perceive in your spirit that, that folks aren't taking hold with what you're preaching. Even though you're preaching the Word of God. You understand that? Uh, particularly over the years as I've gotten up to teach on, uh, on, on you know, the subject of healing. Or the baptism in the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. How many of you know the baptism in the Holy Ghost is still for today? Absolutely. Speaking in tongues still for today. Absolutely. But you get up and start teaching on that, as I've done many times over the years, or healing, you know, they will have people, visitors, a lot of most time it's visitors, sometimes it isn't, but and uh you could just tell, I could just tell in the spirit, they're not they're, they're not taking hold. They're not, they're not buying, buying what I'm selling. You know what I'm talking about? I think of a... And they don't ever receive anything. They never get filled with the Holy Ghost. They never get healed. So I've had some of them come in here, sick as can be. We've had healing lines. And you I could tell while I was... Pre, you could see they were ill. And you could just see it. You could see they were ill. You could see they needed healing all those years ago. We'd have those healing lines, remember, wrap around the room sometimes, you know... <laughs> How many remembers those? They'd wrap around the room and come, people come through here from one wall to the next. Sometimes I'd go through three times praying for people. But I'd have I've had people come in and teach on healing, healing power God in, the power of God in manifestation to heal everybody. But you tell while you're preaching, they're not, they're not buying what I'm selling. You know what? You understand what I'm saying? And, uh, and uh, you can just tell it, and 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 they don't ever receive anything. They they go out just, just as sick as when they came in. I, I remember one specific specific incident. I had a man here, him and his wife attended for many years, a wonderful couple. In the process of time they had to move away. I think it was his job or something. But uh, wonderful people, they were here, and uh, uh, we had one of those healing lines where they wrapped around, you know, wrapped around a room. But anyway, uh, and, and a lot of times I, I'd have trouble seeing out into the crowd because the the, the front was full of people, and uh, I remember I had gone through that healing line, uh, you know, two two ro two two from this wall to that, two of them had gone through, and he was one of the last ones that was in the line to be prayed for. And, uh, I remember over to, we had three sections of chairs. I remember over to my right, there were, uh, there were three couples, six people, three couples, man, woman, husband, wife. I assume they were married. Three couples, six people. Never saw them before. They were, they were, they, they were, they were right there. And, uh, and they made it through the message. I, I taught on healing that day. They made it through the message, you know. You know, you, I've had people walk out on me over the years. You start teaching the word of God, you're going to have folks walk out on you periodically. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that. Yep. Uh, but uh, you just go right on preaching. Don't pay any attention to it. And uh, uh, but I remember I, 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 I the guy came up in, fr- in front of me. I stepped in front of him, you know, and uh, and I stood there and, and he said that uh, he needed prayer, but he didn't tell me what it was for. And uh, so I had just laid hands on everybody else that day. But I remember the Spirit of God, just suddenly the Spirit of God, and I, I hardly ever do this, but the Spirit, <laughs> Spirit of God came on me. And I was supposed to dance, what I call a jig, just dance in the Spirit. Just, I was supposed to just dance in the Spirit in front of Him. Now that'll make folks nervous, that'll make church people nervous. Certainly going to make visitors nervous. But before I did that, I I happened to look over at these people. And I just knew in my heart, I perceived in my spirit that if I did that, they're all going to hit the door and we'll never see them again. Now I have to make a decision. Am I going to obey God? Are we going to minister healing to this man? Or are we going to be concerned about what these people think? So you have to make a decision as a minister, what are you going to do? Well, it was easy for me because I've learned over the years, thank God for visitors, but a lot of times, you know, they they don't come back anyway, no matter what. Sad to say. I, I think a lot of times visitors, they don't know when they visit churches what they're really looking for themselves. Sometimes they do. Do you know almost nobody seeks the Lord as to where they're supposed to go to church? You understand that, don't you? people try churches out and they find one that they like but you need to seek the Lord you know let him choose your church but anyway the power of God came on me and I decided well we're going to just obey God so I danced a little jig right in front of him now I never touched the man but when I did the power of God hit this guy you remember how I talked some weeks ago about you know the power of God hitting people and you don't have to have catchers remember that Well, we had catchers there in those days, but we didn't need the catchers. I mean, the power got leveled, this guy. I mean, like somebody hit him in the head with a baseball bat. Boom! Well, no more than he hit the floor, those people got up and walked out. Well, that'll make you feel real good. So I'm standing back at the door greeting people, and this man, after he, because he laid there probably 10 minutes, but the usher, the reason we needed the ushers was to get him up off the floor, not to catch him from going down, but to get him up. And so uh, I'm back there greeting and he comes up to me. And it took him about 10 or 12 minutes to tell me what he could have told me in two minutes. And he said, "Uh, I was in high school and I got injured. My back got injured. He said, I've been in severe pain for all these years. I've learned to live with it. He said, "Uh, I've never been able to really receive the the healing that I've needed. I've learned to live with it, with painkillers, medicine, you know, uh, aspirin and whatnot, you know, ibuprofen or whatever it is. He said, but, but he said, I just felt impressed. I needed to come up in the line today. And he's taken, he, I mean, he's talking. The power of God was on him. He's talking so slow. He could have told me this in two minutes. It took him about 10 minutes to get this story out to me. And he said, when, when, the, he said, the power of God hit me. He said, he said, all I remember is, is getting up off the floor totally and completely healed and well. He says, this pain is gone. He said, it's the first time I've been free of it in over a decade or more. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. So what are you going to do? Obey God and have somebody get healed? Or are you going to try to coddle some visitors that probably won't come back anyway? You better obey God. I said, you better obey God. Now, why did I bring that up? Just, just, uh, just, I, re- just you perceive things in your spirit a lot of times. I knew that he was going to go no matter, I knew that he was going to walk out forever did that. But I think I made the right decision. I remember when he was telling me I just when he was telling me that story, I, I there was this little girl, and she was about ten years old. I'd never seen her before, uh, but I'd never seen her since. But she came she was visiting that day. I guess uh somebody had brought her, her mother or somebody, grandma. I remember she came up and she pulled on my and she was weeping, crying, just weeping, sobbing. And, 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 and I, said, I said, young lady, what's, what's going on? She said, she cried, looked right up at me crying. She said, I've never been around anything like this. I've never been around anything like this. The power of God, I've never been around any. You know, I'm hungry for that kind of a church, aren't you? Wow. Yeah. Well, we've had that kind of church all along, 25 years. Amen. Power of God's been here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Wow. So uh, you need to watch your hearts. All of us, who's ever listening, we always need to watch our hearts. Is that right? We need to watch our hearts because you may not be saying something, but you can sure be thinking it in your heart. Come on now. Just got to watch it. You got to watch, watch your heart. The healing power of God is present to heal. And you may well, I would never say anything like that, but you're thinking it in your heart. You got to keep your heart clean. Huh? Is that right? Boy, I wish he'd hurry up and get done preaching. you got to watch that in your heart. Now, I'm not talking now about a long-winded minister. Now, sometimes ministers get long-winded, but I'm talking about a man that normally preaches about 40, 45 minutes every week. But the Holy Ghost every once in a while takes hold, and he might go a little bit long, you know. You need to learn to tolerate that. Can you say amen? amen? Or if a service usually goes about 50 minutes or an hour, but the Holy Ghost takes over that service... You know what I'm talking about? I mean, the Holy Ghost runs all the services, but you understand what I'm saying. He wants to move in a unique way that day. And, and generally, the, the pastor's respectful of your time, you know, and uh, tries to get you out in an hour, give or take. But hey, Holy Ghost wants to move sometimes in a special way, and it goes a little, little bit longer. I, I've been, over the many years now, I could tell when people, I could, I, I, not every time, but pretty much I could tell you that, they, that you know, they're, they're, not, they're not tolerating this. It can really, I'm convinced, it can to some degree affect the move of the Spirit of God in that, in that service. You need to learn to tolerate when, not, not, tolerate's not the right word. You need, to, you need to be accepting when the Holy Ghost wants to take a service and go a certain way with it and do something unique that he normally doesn't do. And you got to watch your heart. Can you say amen to that? I just wish he'd, just wish he'd get done. No, no, you understand, I'm just giving you years of experience of this. Watch your heart. Watch your heart. Watch your heart. Keep your heart clean. Let the Holy Ghost do whatever he wants to do. Again, I'm not talking about a man that's going to run two, three, four-hour services every week. I'm talking about somebody that, you know, he'll go usually about an hour. That's reasonable, isn't it? You give an hour of your time to the Lord once a week. Is that right? I've already had people, you know, over the many years, nobody uh, at this time, but over the years, you know, you go one minute long. they start crabbing, going on, complaining. And uh, you tell it in their heart. and then, But I tell you what, whatever's in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm thinking of one particular lady. Uh, haven't seen her for de- probably a decade and a half. She used to attend here and you go one minute longer, I could just tell in my heart. She, you know. and uh, And then finally... After about two years, she just told me flat what she thought. She said, you go one minute long. She said, I just can't stand it. I'm not going to tolerate it. See, out of the abundance, well, at least she was honest with me. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. I've always said this. If you're going to criticize me, do it right to my face. I'll have more respect for you. You've got to watch your heart. I don't know why the Holy Ghost has me on this. Maybe there's somebody on social media. You've got to watch your heart. Particularly when you're watching the preaching of the Word of God. Because you could get very critical a lot of times of the, of the minister. Well, he went too long, or he should have said this, or he should have said that, or "I don't like when he does this, or I don't like when he does that." I'm thinking about another lady who attended here back a couple decades ago, a decade ago, whatever it was, decade and a half. And, and uh, sometimes the Holy Ghost come on me, I'd get bold. And when the Holy Ghost comes on me, I'll do one of two things. I'll get real bold, or I'll start crying. And, uh, and sometimes he'd come on me in these services. I'd get real bold and I, could, I knew right in my heart. She was a board member actually many years ago. I could tell in my heart she didn't like it when that happened. She never said anything to me for quite some time. Eventually she looked me right in the eye. She said, I don't like it when that boldness comes on you. But she received very little from this, this ministry as it pertains to the healing power of God. You got to watch your heart, dear friends. You got to watch your heart. Because you could be watching something that is that, that God has ordained and you could can, can get critical in your heart and not receive the power that God has for you. The power of the Lord was present to heal all of these people, but there was only one that we had record of that got anything. And Jesus, when he saw their faith, well, he didn't see the faith of these scribes and Pharisees. Why? Because their hearts. They were reasoning in their hearts things that they shouldn't have been reasoning. Dripping with doubt and unbelief. Do you understand? Did you get anything out of what I just said? Take away from it. Watch your heart. Watch your heart. Don't get critical, okay? Now, let's go to Matthew, the ninth chapter. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Let's look at this here, verse 29. When Jesus departed from there, Two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, whenever anybody cried out to him, Son of David, you can make a little note there. They were recognizing him as the Messiah. They recognized the Son of David. They recognized Jesus as the Messiah. Have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, now watch this, do you believe that I'm able to do this? See, what's, what's, what's Jesus talking to them about now? Believing, faith, faith and believing, same thing. Do you believe I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and notice what he said, according to your what? Faith. According to your faith. See, it's not according to the power of God. The power of God is present to heal. The power of God wants to heal everybody. It's not according to the power of God. It's not according to the will of God as much as it is according to your faith. The will of God is to heal all. The power of God is present to heal all. He didn't say, He didn't say according to my will or according to the will of the Heavenly Father or according to, you know, if the power of God's going to flow here or not. The power of God's present to heal. It's according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Now what can we conclude? We can conclude that they had faith, didn't they? Their eyes were opened and Jesus sternly warned them. Now notice this. He sternly warned them saying, See that no one knows it. I wonder why Jesus would say that to them. But when they departed, they spread the news about him and all that country. Now, they had faith. They got their eyes opened, But they turned right around and disobeyed the Lord, didn't they? Now, I don't believe they disobeyed him in, 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 in... How do I say this and make it sound good? You know, there's some things that you need to say sometimes that there's no way to make them sound good. They disobeyed him, but I don't believe they did it with an evil heart. They were just so exuberant, so excited that they got their eyesight back, I'd probably be exactly the same way, wouldn't you? Yes. But Jesus said, "See that no one knows it. Now do you think Jesus was using reverse psychology on these guys by telling them that you know, you, I don't think so I don't it's not a matter of, I don't think so I know that he wasn't there's no there's no there's no shadow of lying in Jesus at all. You understand that. There's no shadow of trickery in him at all. So he had a reason for telling these guys not to share it. He wasn't trying to use reverse psychology. You know what reverse psychology is? Tell somebody, oh, we're going to tell them, don't tell anybody, and we know they're going to go out and tell everybody. You know, you don't. He wasn't doing that. Come on, say amen, somebody. He wasn't doing that. He had a reason for it. They say, well, what was that reason? Well, uh, notice that at Mark, the first chapter, let's look at a, a, a different incident. I told you last week I was going to talk about why Jesus would say sometimes to people, see that no one know it. Uh, before I, I, I go any further... Remember the maniac of Gadara? How many, remember, how many of you remember the maniac of Gadara? Remember after he, that Jesus cast that legion of demons out of him? Remember? He was in his right mind. And he, that, that maniac who now is in his right mind, free of the devil, free of those demons. He wanted to be with Jesus. Remember that? We covered that. And remember what Jesus said to him? He said, go home to your friends and tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. So Jesus didn't tell him, see that no one know it, did he? No, no he told him, go, go and tell everybody. Go home, go to that certain place and tell everybody. But here this, the Lord had said to these blind men, see that no one know it. Now, we'll look at another incident which I think will help, help you. We looked at this earlier, but I only went through verse 42 because I was saving it for now. But I want to show this to you. It may help you understand why Jesus said, said see that no one know it to certain, certain people. In Mark one forty, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing to be clean, be cleansed and so forth. And we, we talked about that. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone. Now, that's what he told these two blind men, isn't it? Same thing. Mm -hmm. He said, But go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Uh, that was under the, under the law, you know, when someone was clean of, cleansed of leprosy, they'd have to go show themselves to the priest and, you know, be considered clean and so forth and so on. I, you know what, I've never thought about it, but I, I just seems to make, it seems I ought to make a statement here. Uh, have you ever heard me pray for somebody and then tell them, go to the doctor? And let the doctor confirm? Well, I think this might have been Jesus' way of doing that. Think of that. I have, no, I, I, I have no problem with doctors and hospitals and medicines. I, I think they're great, good ones. I use them if I need them. And I think that uh, God has given us good hospitals, doctors and medicines. We ought to take advantage of them as we need them. We just ought to turn to God first. And uh, when sickness hits our body. But, uh, but, but, you know, let's work in conjunction with good hospitals, doctors and medicines. Let them confirm what the healing power of God has done. But anyway, here, here it is. So he told uh, he told this leper, see that you say nothing to anyone. Go show yourself to the priest. Now look at verse 45. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely. <laughs> well, he, I don't think he did it in an evil way. He's in the same company with those two blind men. He's just so excited to be clean. But Jesus told him not to share it with anybody. Does Jesus have a reason for telling him not to do it? Sure. Now in this case, now with the blind men, it doesn't bring it out as far as I can tell. But here it brings it out a little bit more. Notice this, this guy goes out and he proclaims it freely. Jesus told him not to, watch what happened. And so he proclaims freely and to spread the matter. Now watch what happened. So that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city and was outside in deserted places. It hindered Jesus' movement. He wasn't, but when he told this guy, see that no one know it, he had a reason for it. It wasn't reverse psychology. Now, they didn't obey him and they went out and they just were exuberant and excited. And so you, you understand all that. But Jesus had a reason. And in this case, it brings it out. You see that he could no longer openly enter the city. It affected his movement. Remember, he had multitudes following him. Remember that? Do you remember one time he had so many people that that he told his disciples to take a little boat and put it out on on the sea there so that he could get into it and move away so that the crowd would not crush him? Remember that? So it it affected his movement. I mean, Jesus had no problems drawing a crowd. (laughs) As we've said, multitudes, great multitudes, vast multitudes. But in this case, it hindered his movement. And then he had to stay outside the city in deserted places. But yet they came to him from every direction. I mean, so Jesus never had a problem drawing a crowd. But in the, you can see why he told this man what he told him. Don't go tell anybody. And... and. and uh Yet, like I said, with the Maniac and get Era, he told him, go home to your friends and tell everybody in Decapolis. Remember that? And so Jesus had his reasons for instructing people, you know, go tell or not go tell. Is that right? But I've been asked that over the years. Why did Jesus, wouldn't Jesus want everybody to know? Wouldn't he, wouldn't he want everybody to know? Well, like I said, he never had a problem drawing a crowd. And you get the kind of things going on, healings and miracles going on like what he had. I mean, you're going to, you will have, I mean, we're, we're talking for real stuff. I mean, the power of God moving, leg legs, you know, growing, legs growing out, eyes popping open, ears popping open, you know. Lame getting up off stretchers. I mean, you're going to have a crowd. Demons being cast out. I mean, for real, I mean, stuff that it amazes you to see it, huh? But there was a reason here. And, and then there's one other thing. The Bible said that Jesus in Philippians 2, 7, you, you can just mark that, says that he made himself of no reputation. Jesus wasn't concerned about building a reputation. Now I know and I, I had to learn this and watch this early on in the ministry when I was younger, but you know, you you, you as you grow, it's you know, you have to learn things. But uh I had to watch early on because we were having people healed here and up at the school, it started up at Rockwood Summit High School, people being healed up there and, and then, then up here and, and just for a good long while, people, a lot of people get healed of all sorts of things. And I, I, I'd get up and I'd say, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, they came to our church, the sick person. And they came in, my healing line. And I laid hands on them. And they got healed. We're hearing too many me's and eyes in there. I said, we're hearing too many me's and eyes in there. I said, we're hearing too many me's, my church, my line, my healing line, my prayer, my laying on of hands. See, there's a difference between... You know how I tell these, and I've got a lot more coming as we go down the road of different testimonies of how people got healed. But see, motive is everything. I'm trying to show you that Jesus is still in the healing business, two thousand years from the time He died on the cross and rose from the dead. I'm not sharing those miracles and healings with you that took place in this ministry to draw attention to me. I can't heal anybody. Amen. I can't heal a soul. And there's no human being that's ever lived, could ever heal anybody. It's the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even when Jesus walked the earth as a human being, He couldn't heal anybody without what? The anointing of the Spirit. Is that right? Now that he's been raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the power, now he's, 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 he's still 100% man, 100% God, but, but, but he's, he's got that expression of deity back. So you remember when he was born of a virgin, he laid down not his possession of deity, but his expression of deity, right? But now that he's been raised from the dead, he, he's, he never lost that possession of deity, but now he's got that expression of deity back. Now Jesus doesn't have to say, who touched me? He knows. He's got that expression. Never lost the possession of deity. He's got that expression of deity back. You understand that? But he wasn't interested in his earthly ministry and building a reputation. And, and I had to watch that early on when I was younger. You know, well, I wanted people to think, well, you know, I got, he, Pastor Terry's got the healing power of God. You know, there's something special about me. You, you know, as a young, young minister, you got to watch that. And the Holy Ghost worked on me and, and got that out of me. I can't heal anybody. You understand that? I said, I can't heal anybody. And so I've, I learned early on, you don't draw attention to yourself. Uh, it's all, you give all the glo- God won't share His glory with anybody. You give all the glory to Him. You start fooling with His glory, you'll find yourself dying young. Did you hear me? But I had to learn that early on. And God's gracious when a minister's just starting out, you know, and, and, and all of that. You know, God's very, very, you know, He'll, he'll wink at a lot of things, but... You know, I, I found myself early on trying, wanting to build a reputation. My church. They came to my church. They came into my healing line. They I laid hands on Too many eyes in there. The devil had a problem with that, didn't he? Lucifer. Yeah. I, 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 see. Mm-hmm. You don't see Jesus having the eye problem. You know, I mean, er, early on, if, if somebody got, if, 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 you know, some of those healings we had, you know, go out and tell everybody, you know. Now there's nothing wrong with advertising that the, that that you know that the healing power of God's flowing here. Nothing wrong with with, with saying that. You just have to watch the M-O-T-I-V-E. motive, the motive. And so Jesus was not interested in building a reputation. And, and, and I've learned over the years to be cautious of ministers who have been in the ministry a good while and they're still talking about themselves more than they're talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Always be watchful of ministers that talk more about money or as much about money as they do Jesus. Watch ministers that give money equal time with Jesus. Amen. Jesus should get more time than money. Is that right? It shouldn't even be close. Minister's talking about money all the time, or a lot, or as much as Jesus, or more than Jesus. You need to go over and take... Well, you used to go over to the TV and turn it off. Now you've got the remote control. Put it over there and watch the Three Stooges, or Batman and Robin, or something like that. You'd be better off. Gilligan's Island. <laughs> How many of you like watching the Three Stooges. Yeah 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 Now was that Mo, Larry, or Curly? Curly. All right. Well, do you get anything out of this today? So, uh, what we're going to do ne- uh, next time is we're going to pick up with uh, mute man speaking, and then we're going to watch Jesus raise the, the the little boy in Nain, and then we're going to. We're going to look at the withered hand being healed. And then we've got the woman bent over. And we got Jesus being rejected in his hometown. And then we've got, uh, my goodness, we got that Gentile woman where Jesus called her daughter a little dog. We're going to talk about that. And uh, the deaf mute and the uh, man healed the blind man at Bethsaida. And on it goes. i got a lot of testimonies to share with you. So, uh Thank God for the healing power of God. Amen. Amen. So let's everyone stand. Let's everyone stand. Uh, Before they sign me off of social media, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'd invite you to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Repent of your sins and invite Him into your heart. And you'll get born again. You'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. And if you need healing in your body, just uh, hang with us here. healing power of God's flowing. You could reach out anytime and receive it. You receive it by faith, just by believing it in your heart. Say, Jesus, just like say, Jesus, save me. Say, Jesus, I receive. Well, actually, what you do, see, he's already done everything he's going to do to save you, he's already done everything he's going to do to heal you. It's not a matter of saying, Jesus, save me. It's a matter, He's already done everything He's gonna do. It's a matter of you receiving that. You say, I receive my healing, Lord. I, I receive my salvation, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. See, that's how you get saved. And healing is the same thing. He's already done all He's gonna do to heal you. Okay? All you gotta do is appropriate it, receive it. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive my healing. And just that quick, He'll save you, He'll heal you. It's not a hard process. When you start making it hard, that's when it gets difficult. Now, you think about what I just said right there. When you start making it hard, that's where it gets difficult. That's really a pretty funny statement, what I just said right there. It'll catch you when you're halfway home laughing, you know. If you make it hard, it'll get difficult. Does anybody see the humor in that besides me? You can have a little fun while you're preaching the gospel. All you do, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. That quick. If you do that with a repentant heart, you mean it, you get saved. Jesus, I receive my healing. Just that quick. The power of God will hit you and heal your body. So if you got saved today, you got healed today, send us an email, let us know, and we'll rejoice with you. All right, God bless you. Thanks for joining us.